and welcome to BladesPod. It's Wednesday, the 16th of August. My name is Ben. Joining me on the line is Andrew. How are you, mate? I'm good. We've just been watching the uh, the women, haven't we? So uh, the England women uh, cruise to victory. Oh, yeah. Do you want to just talk about that quickly before we uh, get, into, get into the episode? What a blooming performance that was. Brilliant. I'm buzzing after that. I mean, I mean I've, I've had so much to come through as well, obviously, with the injuries. And then, obviously, uh, Reese James's sister, Lauren James. Um, I forgot her name. That's why I said that. <laughs> <laughs> that's um, forgot her first name. Um, yeah, obviously, uh, getting suspended. And it just looked like everything. To get to the final, I mean, it's just incredible off the back of the Euros as well. Um, I thought they were fantastic today. Yeah, amazing. I mean, I, I think they're like player for player. I think they're better than Australia. I mean, Sam Kerr is mm-hmm. ridiculous, even if she is. I don't know. If, <laughs> I don't know if she is, is injured anymore. She was unbelievable. Like that yeah. strike for the equaliser was was fantastic. But I think yeah, just yeah, they're missing obviously Mead, Williamson, Kirby, James, as you mentioned, and then um, yeah, to play in like that that atmosphere. I think I I mean I don't know. I've not been watching women's football avidly for longer than like mm. eighteen months or so, I suppose. But I imagine that's quite a unique atmosphere for um even for the international level, I suppose. I mean there's you know yeah. England I mean, uh, the- England Australia are obviously a historic sporting rivalry, so that adds an edge to it. And yeah, I I just thought they're absolutely stone cold England today. Just such an impressive performance and yeah, I, I and we were just saying just before we start recording, like I think the only point where we felt it was slightly in doubt was after the after Australia equalised, and it just became like, oh no, what if she does that again? <laughs> yeah. And they had a couple of chan- half chances after they should have probably scored, actually, at 2 1. Mm. Um, when she kicked, I don't know, the player, to be fair, kicked it wide, and then the header that went over as well, but thor- thoroughly deserves. And uh, the, the Spanish armour harder coming our way, aren't they? Next, I know, so. you. Didn't your dad bet on them pre-tournament? Dad had a bet on them. He yeah, wins yes. a, a magnificent seven pound if that comes up. <laughs> <laughs> the drinks are on him. <laughs> yeah, the drink is on him. <laughs> a canny gambler, dad. Yeah, it's going to be tough. That I think they're, from yeah. what I've seen, Spain have looked amazing, but then they also got smoked by Japan four 0 in the uh, group stage. So I've not actually. I've watched a lot of this World Cup. They're one of the. I don't know if it's because the, the kickoff time just not aligned with what I'm doing, but um, I've not really. I've only seen them once, I think, to be fair. But I've seen like Australia. I, th- I feel like every game. So. Yeah, they're on it. Uh, they've been playing at eleven, haven't they? But um, <laughs> yeah, I, I think uh, England just look. They look battle hardened, mate. They look like a proper. You know, German men's tournament. Do you know what? I'm glad you said that. I've just been talking to a mate, uh, Jay, you're on a, then he just said, like, this is really unusual for England. And I was like, just remind me of Germany to get the job done. Mm. Being a bit lucky against Nigeria, no doubt about that, um, with the penalties. But Germany are always lucky, aren't they, when they get far into London? <laughs> so. Exactly. Um, yeah, great goal by Tooney uh, mm. to get it going. I thought Lauren Emp, I've always thought, this is my last word on this, but. Um, yeah, Lauren Hemp, I've never quite got it for England. Like whenever mm. I've seen her for WSL, she's she like absolutely tears it up at that level, but then just doesn't really look like she brilliant is going to impact a game at international over the last two games, and particularly today, look like one of the best players in the world. Yeah, amazing, um, amazing sort of strength and determination for her first goal, and then to set up Russo on the uh, on the count. What a well. finish again from right. Russo. Yeah, your mate Alessia with the uh... Alessia with two pound signs. Yeah, look. <laughs> this is this is the money grabbing Alessia Russo. It's the yeah, Man United me, fans on Twitter. Man United fans. I guess I saw someone spell a name with two pound signs instead of S. <laughs> <laughs> so we're up B after that fantastic win by England. Be uh, watching those highlights later. Definitely not so that I can see crying Australian sports fans. That's 
It's definitely not the kind of thing um, I would do, you know, based on years of watching us lose to them in the cricket. But, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Congrats, England. Now go and, go and win it all on Sunday. But, um, yeah, pretty, pretty, pretty proud of what they've achieved so far, for sure. Definitely. Um, right, mate, the Blades. Well... Oh dear, we played Palace on Saturday. Back to reality. Back to reality. <laughs> so we're gonna, we're not going to spend absolutely ages talking about the Palace game because, it, you know, I think if we're being honest, it was a, a dreadful game of football, like a really just poor spectacle. I'm sure Palace fans enjoyed it, but probably not that much, to be honest. I doubt it's a game Terrible that will yeah, live particularly long in their memory. Before we get on to the game, uh, and in fact, just, just confirmed before we um, start recording here, uh, we've got two new signings to talk about. One is Gustavo Hamer from Coventry City. He signed on, uh, well, at midnight on Friday, didn't he? Yeah, brilliant, that. The yeah, we were all, you were in bed, weren't you? But we I, was, I was having a good sleep, and I woke up to, to, to DM carnage. Yeah, yeah, loads of people are like, who's he going to be, who's he going to be? It's, like, it's obviously Hamer. I reckon it could be two, someone like that. I reckon it could be three. <laughs> you know, they won't do it at midnight. It's going to be three three signings, and then there's some people like quite disappointed when it was just one. They were like, oh, just him. <laughs> <laughs> just just so bizarre that the modern online football fan, isn't it? Yeah. Um, the other one, uh, much less fanfare, but just signed today is Tom Davies on a free transfer. The former Everton midfielder. Um, let's sort Hamer because I think this is the this is the exciting one. I think. Um, and I'll I just put this out there uh, as I was leaving the ground on Saturday and I stupidly forgot to ask the fellow's name, but a, a guy was talking to me and he'd listened to our last podcast and said, um, he asked, would we would we be in a, in a different slash better mood if mm. we'd recorded after the Hamer signing? And obviously I was in a bit of a funk because I'd just seen my team lost. But I said, I said probably not really because... He hasn't been able to play today and, you know, look at the team that we've had to put out, which we'll obviously come on to. But ultimately, I think Hamer is a fantastic player. I think we've really signed ourselves a talent. And my, obviously we talked loads. I don't want to repeat ourselves with like the burger stuff from last time, but you can talk me into this being a good deal. You know, you you, you trade burgers expiring contract and you get a player that might be better than Berger, but is probably as good as Berger, or you know would have as as big an impact on our team this season as Berger would. And he's under you know contract control for us, if you like, for four years. I think it is. Yeah, yeah. that does seem like a good deal. Uh, I guess I would question the process that has led us mm-hmm. to that point. But um, yeah, how, how uh, what, what's your 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 thoughts on uh, the Hamer signing? Totally agree. I think it's I think it's an upgrade from what I've seen from both. I think Berger, really quality player, but as we know, he's inconsistent. I don't think he really dominates games. Where by the sounds of it, Aimer can actually you know get hold of the game by scruffer and can make it his own. And and yeah, we absolutely needed it. And I, I disagree with you to a degree. If we'd have signed Aimer before we'd have done the pod, I think I'd have, I wouldn't have gone on as much of a rant if you like about Berger going because I'd have thought that actually does make sense. Mm. And this is the thing. What's really annoying, I think, at the moment is that. Everyone's trying to paint everything black and white. It feels like everyone's picked a side, like anti or pro Prince. And I think there's loads of, like, you know, variables to it. I, I, I see people refusing to accept that playing that team on Saturday is defensible, which it isn't. That, you know, that, that, that is indefensible. I don't care what anybody says. Mm. Um, but I also see people on the other side refusing to accept that selling Berger and getting Aimer in and Davis today is good business. I, I think that, you know, on paper at least, that is good business. I think. 
know, the Prince in Oyston, he's not chance area, it could be worse, but he has made some massive errors in the 12 months, and that team on Saturday is one of them. Mm. So I think mm. it's real. I really like sort of getting frustrated when I look online and stuff, and people have picked corners and they stick into that no matter what. I think you can have a shambolic pre season, which, which it has been, and that can't be changed, and also have a good transfer window. And this is the first sign that we might be edging into a decent transfer window because last week it looked like a terrible one. Yeah, it did. And obviously, uh, the, the, concern that you and I certainly voice is uh, games are ticking by you know this yeah Tom Davis is the only player you know that will be available for us for Forest as it stands he wasn't available for um, uh, for the Palace game unless you know there's a, a, a surprise injury recovery I suppose for McBurney mm-hmm. for example um, as a player though Hamer like absolutely elite in the championship last season you know midfielder but uh, a, a master creator a goal scorer, someone who does get stuck in, you know, really, really good numbers for, for tackles yeah. and interceptions and things like that. Um, you know, you, you obviously do the, the view from Coventry fans. and they Best were... one ever, I think. I genuinely think it's the best view from ever. I think it was Dead Bites who said that I can't, you can't remember the last time we signed another team's best player. Mm. And that's what we've done by the looks of it. Yeah, I mean, maybe McBur- I think McBurney probably is the last one. I'd say. I don't know. When he up from with Dan James, would he have not been? Uh, yeah, they had a good team that Swansea too. Swansea have had a good team mm. for years. I don't know what they're doing there. Years of yeah, weird, yeah. Weird but yeah, um, I, I get, I sort of get this that we've been, you know, the the whole well, last time we got promoted, we were like we just signed the best players from the championship, like, and, mm. and, and it it didn't really go well for us. I mean, McBurney. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe, maybe you could talk me into that being about about uh, I don't know about even like not a bad deal for us in in its entirety. I suppose based on the fact mm-hmm. he had a decent first season and then obviously his goals really helped us get back in the Premier League. But I, I do think so. Obviously, we've done that with Hamer. We've we've gone like who is the best player in the Championship? It's Hamer, right? Sign him, or you know, one of the best players, and we're theoretically trying to do the same with um, Cameron Archer. He was on loan at yeah. Uh, on the Borough last season, he was, uh, yeah, right at the. T- I think he was like the top player in the league for um, uh, xG per night and expected assists per night as well. So yeah, we, we obviously we've tried that method in the past of like just cherry pick the best players in the championship, but and it did work. But I do think Hamer looks like being that sort of. He's not. He's not Luke Freeman or Callum Robinson. No, he's, no. He is a. He is a level above. I think the player you can compare him to, McBurney, like profiled like this when we signed him. You know. He was a an analytics monster, McBurney. He was just, yeah, you yeah. know, those sort of um, like those radar charts that you see that have all the like the player ratings and stuff on. Yeah, and his was just like his was just an octagon, McBurney. He just did he just did everything like fantastically well. And then we uh, bizarrely spent ages trying to turn him into a target man instead of someone who can you know dribble and create as well as score. So. I think what I'd say maybe a difference between Hamer and McBurney is that Hamer's done it for four years now. You know, with, mm. with really good numbers and really, you know, really good displays and stuff. Whereas I think, I think I'm right, McBurney had just had that one incredible season, hadn't he, at Swansea? As a full so, season, yeah, that's fair. Yeah. He'd been at Barnsley, hasn't he? I think the season That's before. true. Yeah, he'd done well at Barnsley as well, yeah. But I am more excited about Hamish simply because I think he's show. I think he is on a, I don't know, I mean, just from reading the Coventry fans and what I've seen and the highlights and stuff, I know you can't read too much into it, but I just remember him, you know, in the playoff final and stuff like that. I am more excited because I think he does look like he is a Premier League player. I, I think yeah. Bernie probably looked a bit more like he was on the cusp of the Premier League rather than being a ready-made. Mm. Hamer, to me, from what I've seen, 
I mean, you know, he, he takes free kicks, he takes corners. That's a massive thing. We mentioned that very good set, very very good set piece numbers last season as young. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and look, we might it might get to the point again. And I don't like this at all, but he might overtake and die in the not overtaking die, but replace and die in the just give it to Hamer. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like when we were struggling. But we need someone like that. We oh, needed no, yeah. someone. To, although he's a burger replacement, he might end up being more of an indirect replacement in terms of what he impacts the team. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think you. I think you're spot on. He's certainly a massive ask for him to be. At, you know, affect games as much as Enjoy did. But um, of course, yeah, yeah, he, yeah, he definitely he definitely offsets some of that creative uh, deficit we're currently at. I suppose having lost Enjoy and, and Burger on top of that, and obviously McAtee and Doyle as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I think, I don't know, maybe I'm naive here, but I feel like, I don't know why I've ended up comparing Hamer to McBurney, sorry, but as soon as we're having this conversation. I don't, I don't know if I'm being naive here, but I feel like a midfielder is more likely to have like an impact for us than a striker. Mm. You know, it's a striker you've got to get the ball to, and that's sort of, you know, by definition hard because they're the furthest yeah. on the pitch from, from your own defence, whereas... Yeah, Hamer is hopefully going to see a lot of the ball, you know, maybe even more than Njai did because he's going to be playing slightly deeper. And yeah, he can carry, he can pass it fantastically well. Like his progressive passing numbers are are off the chart, and that's why his um, you know his actual pass completion is not that amazing because he's a he's a risk taker with the ball. Which, mm-hmm. good God, mm-hmm. this team needs a risk taker with the ball based on based on what we saw. I on mean, Saturday. I was thinking, I pose it to you if 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 I were going on a Forest podcast today and they said, "Who's your danger man?" I'd be struggling, really struggling. And, that, and you know, I think Anel, Egan, uh, trust when he comes in, Baldock are all good players. Hmm. In terms of danger men with the players we've got fit, I, I, I really, really am struggling to say, well, you've got to keep an eye on him other than Hamer. Yeah. And he's not even played for us yet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we, we absolutely need creativity, which we know. I mean, Eckenbottom again after the match, I thought it was a fantastic interview. Um, yeah, you know, agreed. Missed opportunity. Obviously, it was a missed opportunity. I was furious. You were furious. Loads of people were furious because we put that team out, and we had to. I mean, we'll come on to the team, but we didn't have many options anyway. Um, mm-hmm. And you, you know, we said it missed opportunity and we lacked quality. And then he obviously brought up that we were the second best pressing team in England last year, mm-hmm. and the four players that made that pressing, you know, as good as it were, they're not here anymore. Yeah, yeah, and Giant Burger were, and Giant particularly was fantastic at that. Yeah, yeah. so, um, yeah. yeah. McAtee, obviously, as well, so. Yeah, so, uh, I'm, I'm really excited for Hamer. It was, uh, I don't know, disappointing that he couldn't get registered in time, I suppose, but yeah. it did happen quite quickly, <laughs> to be fair. Um, but yeah. yeah I, we did well to get this over. Like, we're criti- I'm, I'm going to, you know, we're criticised last week about the the transfers and the, and the, the lack of planning. This one. It, that were as good as I, I could have hoped for. Not only with the replacement, but, but as quick as we did as well, to be fair. To get a player that good that quick. And I think Mark Robbins said he only heard about it on Tuesday. Yeah. And by Thursday or Friday night or whatever it was, he, you know, he, he, he already signed. So we've, we seem to have got that one done really quickly and I can't fault him for that. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm excited. I, I mean, you know, another <laughs> a bonus is that he is theoretically fit to play immediately as well, unlike yeah. all our other yeah. signings, obviously. Because um, yeah. he's he had a full preseason with Coventry and he played in certainly played their first league game. I think he might have played in the cup as well um, before mm-hmm. coming to us. So yeah, there's absolutely no reason not to parachute him into the team. I mean, I'm, I'm you know I don't think there's any like oh he needs to learn the system. Well, what system? I mean, we don't have a system right now. Well, the system should be pick your well. best players. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people have uh, criticised 
the, well, not a few people have criticised the team selection. For me, the only real shot was Slomani not playing, but I guess Eki just doesn't trust him yet. I mean, yeah. the, you know, he picked Bash and Osborne in midfield. A lot of people who, you know, are raving about Slomani and said he should be in and probably aren't seeing him play. And I'm one of them, seeing him in a pre season friendly, but that's not a real game. Mm. There's obviously a reason why he didn't play. And I think he's probably more of a development player and maybe he didn't want to put him in to that environment, knowing that we, we could have full, we could full well have lost that game four or five nil. Mm. Um, if Palace had been on it more, and you, does it destroy the confidence? I think it were a tricky situation for him on Saturday. Yes, yes, I, I have some thoughts on the lineup that uh, yeah we can talk about in a second. Um, the other player, much less fanfare, and uh, you know, to be blunt, probably probably going to have much less of an impact. Um, Tom Davies, mm. a player that's kind of fallen through the cracks a little bit of like of, of the Premier League, I suppose. I think this this. I'm I'm quite happy with this signing. Like I think it makes sense for us to pick him up. He, yeah, yeah, I mean he he obviously would walk into the team that we we picked the other day. Uh, yeah, 25 years old. He's played over 150 Premier League games. You know, he played for England at youth level right through to uh, under 21s. Um, he was only so he had this he had this knee injury, but it was he's been he's been recovered from it since April last year. So it's you know well over a year since that's been a problem. He just he just didn't play much last season for Everton. Just didn't fancy him basically, but he was. I'll look this up. He was in the squad for all but four games last season for Everton. Um, and, and three of those four were the last three fixtures when they obviously just decided we're we're not keeping you around, so we're not going to pick you in the squad anymore. So mm. he, he was fit. He just wasn't being used. Mm. Um, he only played about 500 minutes, but his, his numbers were okay in the Premier League. You know, good XG, got plenty of shots, lots of touches in the opposition box, good mm. sort of tackles, blocks and interceptions numbers. So that suggests a... You know, play that that works hard, which we absolutely will need lots of this season. So, yeah, I've, I mean, I feel I've pretty good play, about it. A very sort of dirty player, like, which I'm not complaining yeah. about. It'll fit him well. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think um, yeah, hard work. I think it's a, a no-brainer signing. I think if we go back down, he should be good enough for the for the league below. And and he's the, I imagine he's got. We will have only have more Premier League appearances than anyone else in our squad. So, uh, yeah. you know, he knows what it's all about at this level. As you say, he's no no massive sort of fanfare. I've just got the view from him. It's really poor, which I won't expect him, but won't read too much into that with it being Everton. To be yeah, honest. That's, that's a bad environment for a player Everton. Yeah, last, and, last and some of their years. fans, yeah, some of, I don't know if you've got around to reading it yet, but some of their I fans did sorry. say they, they, they've ruined him, basically. You know, they brought yeah. him, they came on like a, a real, you know, um, like, a, like a superstar, and then he just slowly got into the Everton <laughs> mould and. Ended up being booed onto the pitch and all sorts. So he probably needs a move. And it's a massive move for him as well. Mm. I think this move for him sort of, sort of says, is he going to end up in League One or back in the Premier League? Yeah, let's say 25. Yeah, it's, uh, he's gone from being this extremely bright young thing, you know, for sort of kind of five years ago, like sort of 2018, 2019. And yeah, he's, he's now, as you say, he's on the cusp of sliding down the, leads and, uh, down the leagues. And that's kind of what I mean about falling through the cracks. I think... Yeah, the, mm. at first I was like, why? You know, why is this guy available? Like, this, this feels like almost a bit of a coup that we can get a you know a player, as I said, with 150 Premier League appearances for um, for nothing, and he's he's not mm. he's not an old geezer by any means, you know. No, no, no. another ten years in him, yeah. But at the same time, like, it, it probably doesn't make sense for any team that isn't us or Luton to sign him. I don't think. Like, in agree. The yeah, he's not going to get in the team. There's no point of him going. He, he left Everton because he wanted game time. Yeah. Um, well, step right so, up. Well, <laughs> Have yeah. we got a midfield for you. Friday, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I 
yeah, yeah that, and that's it. And it makes no sense for him. He may as well have gone to a championship club um, because I, I think there is only us and Luton who can give him that game time. And yeah, it's up to him now, isn't it, to prove yeah. it. And like I say, I don't think it's not a, whoa, we've signed Tom Davis, this changes everything. But I do think it's a good signing. I think you can have signings that you'd sort of not going to say, well, that's a game changer. But at the same time say, yeah, really happy that we've done that. And I'm happy he's here because... I think he's better than Osborne. I think he's better than Basham. I think he's better than Kula Bali from what I've seen. Yep, yep. Sorry, I was just looking to see what the... Uh, so he's a three-year deal. That's that's always nice to see as well. So we're... we're yeah. Squad, squad's getting filled out with, um, you know, viable players for next season anyway, I think. So mm. So that's something. Um, yeah, let's do it. I, I think he... Uh, you know, this feels like a much better likelihood of being worthwhile than Jack Rodwell and Ravel Morrison, who... Uh, and I guess, for the record, I was fine with signing both of those. So I'm in a similar kind of camp with, with Davis, I guess. But this mm. just, I mean, yeah, this, this is like, this isn't like a problem player, Davis. It's oh, just no. someone who's, no. he had that injury and then he's fallen out of favour in a you know, really bad situation at Everton. And now he needs a fresh start. Yeah, he's, he's not... Yeah, like I say, he's not a problem child or anything like you know, no, no, like no. Morrison was, or even Rodwell with his you know oh, fat, yeah, it's fat Sunderland just contract. Yeah. yeah, I mean, and the thing as well, I think people uh, just because of the way he dresses, and if people have seen what people, I'm sure, will know what I'm talking about here, but they, they seem to think he's just going to be some sort of you know wide boy. But if you look at what the Everton fans are saying, they all say you know he works hard, he does a lot for the community hmm. in Liverpool as well and stuff. So. Seems like a really great lad. He probably just needs to restart his career. Yeah, and uh, yeah, this is this is a move that should work well for both parties, I think, because mm-hmm. we need we need a midfielder who can play, ideally one with Premier League experience. And uh, yeah, it could could be uh, you know either he finds a home here or it's a you know a real stepping stone move for him. You know, if he has a and I hope as well that it means we can sort of because Susan didn't play, which I'm not surprised about at all. I think he had one training. Yeah, he, he hasn't had a preseason at all, has he? He's not had any preseason, and I hope this means we can bring him in. Gradually, I know people are wanting to start on uh, Friday, but I understand if he doesn't because, like, you say, I saw someone say something on lines of, "Well, you know, what what does he need to know?" And it's like he needs to know a lot, especially when a team who we're always going to be the weakest team on the pitch you know, until we play Luton, at least um, in terms of player for player. So we need to have a good shape and a good tactical plan, and everyone working to that plan to the you know, to, to to the to the letter. And if he'd only had one training session, he's not gonna be able to do that. So I understand why Susie he's talking about, sorry. Susie, yeah, yeah. So I understand why he didn't play after his one training session. But if he's not fit, I I, I do like the idea of maybe playing, you know, we've got another body in there, aren't we? So we can ease him in rather than just lobbing him in to get an injury. Yeah, definitely. Well I my assumption was that uh, Susie is not fit because he's not he's sort of been mm. without a club kind of, hasn't he? All, yeah, completely. Also. Yeah. Um which we can now come on to, I suppose, because we, we. So I feel good about that. I think Hamer's. I think Hamer's a, a class signing. Like I'm. I'm really. am excited to see what he can do for us this season and beyond. I think Davies <laughs> is a, a real low risk. Low risk makes you know no brainer type signing. Who you know maybe he'll have a big upside with us. Maybe maybe he doesn't really do anything. But look, he, he hasn't cost us anything in terms of a, a transfer fee. So let's see. The squad's squad's pretty tiny still. So let's do that. Um. On to Palace, <sighs> and the the last. La- <laughs> we won't spend long on it. Okay, before before I actually talk about the game, I just want to give a massive hat tip to every Sheffield United player who featured in this game. 
because you were up against it. You were really up against it. And you all worked your backsides off. And you are, you absolutely cannot fault the, the effort no. and the, yeah, just spirit of that team. You know, you got Baldock like geeing up the cop after about two minutes, basically. And yeah, Osborne, you know, buzzing around everywhere. Asula working his backside off. Traore running himself pretty much into the ground. Massive hat tip to all the players. I don't, I don't want what we're gonna say next. I suppose to, to kind of colour that. But no, I'm glad you said this because I might have forgot that everyone on that page put everything in. And again, yeah. Ekinbottom summed it up. You know, just a lack of quality and a complete lack of quality. <laughs> yep, it was uh, the lineup from our nightmares, mate. I mean, we we. I think we'd come to terms with Ben Osborne playing, and I'm I'm pretty sure you j- semi-jokingly threw out the notion of uh, Basham in midfield as well. When I we... said we're one injury away from Basham playing, and they didn't even take that. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't was... even take that. We just decided to play him above Slavani instead. I think what he was trying to do is man Mark Eze, which didn't really work for me. But, I, I mean, so someone's saying we needed to stop putting long balls up the pitch. It, <laughs> Well, that's the only thing we could have got up the pitch by because that midfield could not... I think you've got some stats, haven't you? That you couldn't keep control of the ball for long <laughs> enough to to even attempt to get out of the pitch. So we had to go direct, even if Asula weren't winning his battles, which is, again, nothing against him. He's up against two exper- three experienced centre-halves, I think they went with. Yeah, he's not yeah. going to win those battles. And he said, you know, I thought he had a good game. I thought him, Traore and Wes were probably our best three players. But, mm. you know... It's a lot to ask for, especially when getting the ball pumped up to him. But that's the only way we could have really got out out of our half, I think. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, so uh, it went about as well as I expected, i.e. not great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so no, uh, no team in the league over that first round of games had a lower amount of passes per sequence. So a, a sequence is like a spell of possession that... You know, it's defined as when you when it ends with a defensive action or when you take a shot. Essentially, uh, we averaged less than two passes per possession. <laughs> one point nine five passes that. per sequence, and uh, we were one of only two teams in the league to uh, not string ten passes together at any point in the game. Luton, the which is incredible one. for a, for a Premier League team, and, and it's, it's not, not good. I mean, I, I I can't remember the guy's name now. The journalist, I sort of picked him out because he said something like Sheffield United are in for a tough season if uh, this is what they can muster against Palace and the reason I were sort of going against him is he, he was completely right in terms of the that performance but that team will never play together again he can't play together again and, <laughs> yeah, well, I'm sure yeah. what you said to me the other day it's going to be the same, same on Friday <laughs> yeah but I just you know I don't think you can say I don't think you can read anything into that game because that team's going to look so different in a month's time that you know, this is the problem with it all. Though, is that that this because the preseason's been so shambolic. Building a team as you go on the hoof, as Kevin Blackwell used to uh, used to say, yeah. um, is in, is really hard. We saw it with Forest last year, who had a much better caliber of players coming in than we, we're going to have. Mm-hmm. You know, it took him ages to get anything like not being a joke. You yeah. know, because that many new players coming in, and as Eckingbottom said, you know, we we've having to change our complete style because the players who made us so efficient last season aren't there anymore. So it's gonna take. This is why I think we're gonna struggle, and this is the frustration of the preseason. Is that it? This is why I don't buy the judge it on the September the second. Long term, it might be the best transfer window we've ever had. We might be mm. saying, "Well, Torre, what a player he came out to be." You know, how, how, do, how do we get older? Heyman, wow, unbelievable. Still don't think that undo, undoes what's happening preseason and what's probably gonna. I mean, this is already one missed opportunity. Yeah. I don't think there are many Sheffield United fans there logically thinking we're gonna get much at Forest. 
So that's two of your easier games gone this season. I mean, you're probably going to get no points out of it. Yeah, then it's City next. Yeah, then it's City. And then you've and got then Everton. You, then you better bloody sure. beat Everton at home because the next five games are uh, pretty brutal after that, I think. Yeah. And then it's November. So, um, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not panic mode, but it's, it's like... Yeah, it is really frustrating. You know, I was, I was sat watching this game thinking like, hey, if only we'd hung on to Njai and Berger. You know, wh- how come how come Marseille and Burnley didn't have to wait till the last day of the window for these good players to become available? Um, I'm not buying this sort of thing of that we've been unlocking the transfer market as well. I think that's such a poor excuse that it, if, if you're going to seemingly wave the white flag for the first month of the season, then that's bad planning, whichever way you look at it. Yeah. Well, this this lineup was four months of bad planning distilled into one team sheet, um, and Hecky Bottom knew it as well, didn't he? I mean, he, he, so I think you really said, nice. as you said, the only uh, the only possible change really is Slomani for um, Basham, maybe. But I, th- I think we would just play for a nil nil, mate. We, you know, we, we... I mean, some people are saying we should have played trusty, and I get it. But I think what we try to do is just have as much uh, what's the word as much. Stability is last year, yeah. But, yeah. You know, and sort of like, well, that was the back five for the majority of last year. Yeah. Everything in front of that is going to be completely new and all over the place. So let's at least have that five. I think that was the thinking. And I don't think Trusty made any difference. I know Robinson were partly at fault for the goal, but I think it was going to come, weren't it? Whatever happened. Yeah. God, yeah. I know. I mean, you know, fair play to everybody who wants to spend time analysing that goal, you know, whether Osborne's at fault or Lowe's at fault or Armand Odzic or Egan, but, or Robinson, in fact, I, I just think it's a moot point. <laughs> like, yeah. it, you know, that, in a, if you'll forgive how stupid this sounds, that goal is not why we lost that game. <laughs> no, they, they, realistically, they took the foot off the gas because they knew they'd won it. They knew they were just, we, we couldn't get out of our half. We had that one. COVID season vibes once that goal went in. Yeah, very much so. Um, and we had that one, Really good effort from Asula in the second half, and that was literally it in that second half. Once they got one up, they they knew they could have stepped it up. And as you said, people knew that COVID season we've done enough here; they're not going to get back into it. It's obviously always a risk, but and that's the frustrating thing. I don't think Palace were great at all, Um, and I think that is undoubtedly a game where with the Championship team that ended last season, we pick up at least a point. And I think that's why Eckingbottom... I like to say, if people think we're being negative or, or whatever, listen to the manager, because he mm. thinks exactly the same. And it, it's not often the manager comes out and is as honest as as he has been. And he said, you know, it's a missed opportunity. And it was. Yeah. So that uh, the 21st club with their like, uh, projections for where our team's going to finish. Mm-hmm. So we... Uh, we were obviously predicted to finish in the bottom three anyway. We're still obviously predicted to finish in the bottom three. But just as a... Like for context of how important this game was, I suppose that that moved our uh, relegation chances by four percent. So we went up from sixty three to sixty seven, and that was the. I think we were the joint biggest losers in terms of likelihood mm. of where we're going to finish in the whole first round of of games, like in the whole Premier mm. League. So, yeah, that that's that was a, an important game. That's that's one that we will definitely want back in six weeks, two months, or something like that. It, you know, uh, if we go down, if we're down with a game to go or something like that, but we'll definitely be looking back at this and going, if only we'd move faster and not just kind of given Palace a free three points. I, I like you. I, I think they'll be. They're just. Um, I think they're selling Elise to Chelsea, aren't they? So that's another yeah. another yeah. big player for them out the door. Obviously, they get some money. Maybe they'll sign some good replacements. But I would be surprised if they finish in the top half. I mean, they never normally do. So. Yeah, that's that's a winnable game. I mean, that's essentially a, a six pointer that we 
kind of conceded just through circumstances, I think. So, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. that's my frustration. Does does Basham or Osborne start in midfield for any team in the championship? Does does <clears throat> Ben Osborne start for Sheffield Wednesday, for example? I was saying this on the way out, actually. Um, I said, realistic. This is ridiculous. Barry Bannon starts for us. Like, maybe not now. We signed Amy Davis and Susan might be a bit fitter, but that's ridiculous. Yeah, Zach, like, like we said before, Zach Brunt would have started this game if we hadn't sold yeah. to Barnet of the National League. I, I, and this is why I can't understand. And everyone's entitled to their opinion. I don't. You know, we don't speak for the fans, as you've been told. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I think. Uh, but I just can't. I can't understand how people are just saying, "Well, yeah, we knew we were going to lose that one. Move on." So, hang on, what? <laughs> you can't just say that. Like, it's not Man City. Yeah. If we were playing Man City, Liverpool, Man United, the first three games, I'd have been, yeah, this makes sense. What we're doing, you Definitely. know what I mean? Like, we're going to lose these three. Everton, Forest, Crystal Palace, three out of your first four. If you've got any hope of staying up, you need to get at least three points out of those three games, and probably yeah. more realistically. Yeah, so it's just uh, it's just made it harder for ourselves because of the situation we uh, we arrived in. I mean, yeah, sure, could have played Trusty instead of Jack Robinson, but I mean, does that does, does that create us any chances? I don't think so. Oh. Um, yeah, just on a Sula, I really liked his approach in this game. Like, yeah, yeah, it reminded yeah. me a bit of like a um, like a, <clears throat> a, a basketball, like an NBA player, like one v one almost, just like mm. you know, just moving his body all over the place trying to get past people when he had the ball. You know, legs flailing in all sorts of directions. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, under, yeah. under control. But I, I, I really, I, I assume that was by instruction and obviously shoot. You know, every time you see goals, shoot. Um, because yeah, it, we weren't going to create much, so we needed that that sort of wild. And he came the closest aspect. that one in the first mm-hmm. half that we deflected. I thought that were him. I really thought yeah, that yeah. were him. That, that, that were our best wide. chance. We had the Egan header, you know. <laughs> when is it? All, they, they always do. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and then obviously his shot again, but he was undoubtedly the biggest threat for us. I thought Troy had a couple of good runs, and again, you know, it's a lot to ask for this guy to come in from the Swedish leagues, and you know, suddenly he's not played for four weeks. <laughs> And so they go up against like an established Premier League club. Yeah, and be the main man. <laughs> and be the main man. Yeah, it's, you know, I mean, hopefully McBurn is back on um, mm. on Friday. But really frustrating that he's injured again because although I don't think he he may have not made a difference to the game, it, it, to have an experienced striker up there would have, would have been a difference. But he's not played now for. No. You know, he hasn't had a preseason, so you know it's it, it's really unlikely that he's going to be you know banging out the ninety minutes for us in the next couple of weeks. I think. You know, this is the frustration. It might be a month, so that's that's unavoidable. Like that's that's not on the club that McBurney's missed preseason with injury, but mm. it just sort of builds into this thing of like, well, all right, the transfer window ends in three weeks, but like, so what? We just not only do we write off these three weeks, but then do we write off like three weeks after that for everyone to get up to yeah. full fitness? You know, if we're signing players on, you know, the better players coming available towards the end of the window. On loan, particularly. Well, have they had a preseason? Like, are they up to fitness? Do we need to give them a few weeks as well? And suddenly, as I say, you're into you know you're into Man United at home and Arsenal away in the middle of October, and you're going like, bloody hell, are we going to win a game? Any like, when are we going to win a game? And we know from last time that once you go on that losing streak, it's hard to come round. And I think I hate saying this, but I think Forrester the best inspiration you can have where they did build a team on the go again. Like I say, we've been more expensive players, better players, but. More and they of did them as well. To, and more of them, but they did manage eventually to get a team together and they survived. It can be done, mm-hmm. but you're making an already really difficult task even more difficult. Yeah. And I do wonder if we're behind the scenes, and they can't, they can't admit this, but 
are we thinking? Let's just not embarrass ourselves. Get this squad sorted. And it's like the new era for next season in the championship with Davis, Hamer, you know, um, obviously Traore or so if, if any of them come through. And yeah. is it we're rebuilding in the Premier League, which is the worst place in the world <laughs> to rebuild a team. Yeah. Yeah, that that may well be the plan. And as you say, you can't really say that. <laughs> you know, if, you, if you're a, an official no. of Sheffield I mean, United. Like say, this is what I, I want to get across as well, is that just because I'm saying the pre-season's been terrible, and I'll not ever change my view on that, because it has, in my opinion. I just don't think there's any defence. That, does, that doesn't mean that we're not, we could look back in this in 12 months' time and say, do you know what, that was a fantastic transfer window. I think they're two completely different things. Mm. Yeah, fair enough. Um... So yeah, a midfield three of Osborne and Basham and uh, Norwood. Unsurprisingly, didn't really go anywhere. Asula's that shot in the second half. That was a really good effort. Like such a Brilliant. difficult chance. Like in terms of you know, it's pulled back to him on the edge. His movement to get free for that. I I put myself through the short highlights because the te- I, I can't believe there's a ten minute highlight. I watched him. I watched him. Yeah, I watched him. A lot yeah, of crosses to nobody. It's a tough to watching him. So it's like double depression. Oh, nice. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, yeah, and I forgot how many chances Palace had had as well. To be fair, yeah, Wes uh, Wes kept us in it. They obviously had two goals disallowed as well. Palace um, for offside, uh, very marginal offsides, and uh, yeah, Wes made a, a big save from a header. I think Eze got in on the box as well. But yeah, they they just pushed us around. It was so easy. Eze was um, you know Eze was just like pure walking football in our half at one point. Yeah. Um, yeah, and we, it you was know, like we... a league one. It was like it genuinely was like a league one team against a, a, a Premier League team, and arguably it was a league one team. Yeah, it, it, post defense, past the defense anyway. Yeah, we're bringing on um, you know Antoine Hackford off the bench. I who... Do you know that we're almost like the fact someone said, "Oh, he's making a point to the board." It's like, well, who else should we need to bring on? Like they're only more, <laughs> they're in more Marsh. Himself, that really? yeah, it's yeah, <laughs> it's myself on McCall coming on for a few minutes in midfield. Yeah. Um, yeah, Hackford, uh, I don't have this in front of me, but he, he was not a starter for the under-21s last season. He's obviously coming back yeah. off a serious injury. but So, so that's our under-21s. He was an under-18 player, and here he is he's back in the Premier League after Wilder did use him to make a bit of a point to the board when he was a... Because that's the thing as well. Like We've got, you know, Sula, the, the, we're having to play the backup under-21 striker. This is what I was trying to get with, like, the... I don't blame the Palace fans for not understanding what they were up against nah, at all. Because I wouldn't, you know, wouldn't know a newly promoted side... But they were like saying, you know, oh, we've had injuries as well. It's like, oh, it's more than that, mate. <laughs> yeah. We're playing our backup under twenty-one striker because there is nobody else. Yeah, and it's 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 the same counter argument when I I hear people like United fans saying, well, you know, West Ham they've not really done any business yet or whatever. I mean, I think, I think they have now, but you know, last week when they sold Rice, for example, and. You know, you, you were telling me there's a there's a Forest fan saying they're miles behind or something. That you, I think yeah, you from uh, well, the, the thing is, those teams are operating from a much higher baseline than we are. Oh, yeah. where we've lost our four best players from last season, and we're in the league above now. Whereas, yeah, these ones, you know, these other teams are at the very worst, treading water and hoping not to get, uh, well, I don't know, sucked down the plug hole, I suppose, but. Yeah, it's uh, I don't know. It's it it just doesn't cut it as a counter argument for me that other teams also haven't really signed many players or on on you know haven't got them integrated or whatever. That's the thing. That, uh, this is like when I said I think I mentioned it last week where uh, obviously Arsenal bought Raya from and so we know oh, yeah see they've sold the best player at the last minute. They're coming from such a higher base than us. Yeah. <laughs> they can afford to lose a goalkeeper for a couple of weeks or whatever. Yeah, we've we, lost our two best players on the top of the two low knees. 
with no replacements ready until now. Which and we've only got we've only you know this is the thing as well. Like, is everyone going to shut up now after we sign Hamer? That one signing does not undo everything that's gone before it for me. Anyway, well for some, but not for me. Yeah. Weir's loans, mate. You can have up to seven loans at once yeah. in the squad. We've used one, one loan on uh, Yasser Larushi. The season started. What, why aren't we filling the squad with these loans? Like just, are you really telling me we're going to sign six first-teamers on loan at the end of the window? Like We're not going to do that. We can afford to burn a couple of loans right now. I thought we'd get more loans in from abroad like Fulham did that year, where Definitely. they got loads of players in from abroad. Maybe we just haven't got the money to pay the wages. Maybe we could, I don't know. I mean, there, you must know, be a, there must be a mediocre striker somewhere in Europe we can borrow for a, you know, just for a few months while, you know, Bernie comes back or we sign Archer or whoever. This is the thing. <laughs> this, I mean, like, we brought LaRucci in, who I don't know, you know, I've only seen him in a couple of preseasons friendlies. I'm not one of these people who's going to write him off, but he's coming in and can't get past Max Lowe. Who is arguably one of our, you know, weakest areas of the team? I don't know. I don't. I don't know if there wasn't. We didn't feel like there were value for money there. I don't. I don't know. But we're short on numbers. We're playing a solo up from for bringing Axford on. <laughs> I'm and sure, surely there's somebody out there who could do a job from yeah. like you know from a foreign league who just wants to play in the Premier League and get it a go. Yeah, put yourself in in shop window. Uh, oh. oh, I was on red alert when Bulldog punched himself in the leg, mate, late in this game. Did you see that? I don't want to, I don't want to think about that. I'm putting my fingers in my ears like on a dumb and dumber. I don't want to think about him being injured because and it's another thing that we brought up. You know, I think you brought this one up last week where I mean, if Bulldog gets in, what are we going to play? Sai Sanders? No, he's injured. <laughs> yeah, Sashdev played, started, Sash started for the under-21s yesterday, so that suggests it's not... It, it suggests it is indeed cramp with Bulldog, which is what was reported. Yeah, and Lowe came off as well, obviously. So, but, you know, we've found LaRouche. He's going to have to play at some point. Let's see how, see how it goes. Yeah, but please, God, let Bulldog be all right, because otherwise that is a that really is a, a major blow. Although he... I did sort of sink back into my my seat a little bit when it was in the second half. Traore went on a great run, like and he get gets to the edge of the box on the right hand side, yeah. and he pulls. You know, he waits for support, and he passes it to Baldock. He waits for support and passes <laughs> it to Basham, and I think it eventually goes back to Norwood, who just crossed it straight out of play. And I was oh, just that's like, terrible. That's you know what? Really not. Ideal. I'm not. You know, I praise the players and stuff. I do think Norwood were our weakest player just because he was the most. You know, he's the most uh, the most it, it, uh, talented the most, midfielder of the three. Yeah, the most likely to to play more games this season. And I just yeah. thought, he's, I mean, they, we had that free kick right at the end, and it was just like, oh, awful, like delivery. Then there were one. I think that's the one you're on about when he just put it into the the keeper's arms. And there were a couple of ones. I didn't. I'm not expecting him to dictate play and you know every ball, but the small amount of opportunities that we were going to get were probably going to go come through him either free kicks or, you know, crosses. And, and he got them all wrong, I think. I mean, yeah. to be fair, he set Egan's header up, and I think that were about it. Yeah, we needed to uh, we needed to keep it tight in this game, and we didn't. Like, you know, another mm-hmm. scoreline suggests that, but I think Palace had, like, over 2xG, and that yeah. obviously doesn't include the uh, goals that got disallowed, which obviously would bump that number up quite significantly. Mm-hmm. Um, so we needed to keep it tight. We didn't really do that. We needed to take advantage of set pieces, and I thought we were, you know, below par on that delivery. But what I'll say, like, is that in that bottom, another thing that he said, it will only get better from here. Maybe yeah, not in terms yeah. of goals, because we've got all the teams coming up, but in terms of what we're going to see from our team, it can, it will only get better from here. It might not be enough, but. We're I mean, not... yeah, the the midfield should be streets ahead in a few weeks. <clears throat> you know, e- yeah. even if even if players like Souza and Slomani are 
you know, no more than like absolutely average Premier League players, it's going to be a massive mm. step up. I think Hamer will be a genuinely good player. And yeah. then, yeah, you get McBurney back, you know, Jebison back as well. I, you know, really do. I, I, I just have no idea how we're going to score goals at the moment. I know it's only one game, but. No, it's, I it's agree. And I think that, that, that's why we need. Obviously, we're looking at Archer by, I don't know, 10 million or whatever. And then they've said they want 20, I've just heard. So. Yeah, but that's, that's what he. I, I think that's what yeah. he's worth, Archer. Like, yeah. I, I can't believe. Like, when I saw that, just, just before we started recording, like 10. I don't know how true it is. It's from Footy Insider, and they have that Pete yeah. uh, O'Rourke guy. Who's Pete O'Rourke knows his, knows his stuff normally. Knows his onions, yeah. yeah. Um, when they said we've bid ten million for Archer, I like, I almost dropped my phone. I was like, well, that, well, we're not getting him then. Like, you know, are we serious? Like, he's, every team in the Premier League, like the bottom half of the Premier League, should be in for him at that much money, and mm. probably double that as well. So yeah, we're, we're going to have to fork out some some big bucks for him if we really want him. Um, and we should go and get you know, honestly, if you can get him for like fifteen million. I, I, Absolutely, pull the trigger on that. I think. It's a, yeah, and people. I've seen. I've seen some people say he's only got a similar record to Brewster. Obviously, Brewster went along at Swansea and mm-hmm. were fantastic for that half a season. So again, you know, you might be reluctant to pay big money out. I do think there's more to Archer, but then again, maybe I said the same about Brewster. I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I wondered about that myself, and you might be right, but um, I think 15 million for a young English striker who's now played quite a lot of minutes in English league football, and yeah, absolutely tore up the championship last season and that half season i think it'd be good business for us if we can do that but 10 million like i i hope they you know dropped the phone with laughter when we if that's what we offered because it's just not even close to what's yeah what's gonna be needed to get a player of that caliber um yeah. anything else you want to say about palace mate i mean yeah no. they, they were, they were <laughs> yeah they were, they were blair he was a, a pretty blair game um obviously really enjoyed being Back at the match, it was a good, yeah, good atmosphere, and like up until they scored, I thought, and then obviously a little bit after that. But I think I don't know, the air was kind of sucked out of the place a little bit. But... The only thing I'll say is everybody watch Shore and View um, because oh God, yes. um, Ben Ben off Shore and View, unbelievable, and team news comes through. I, I I can't. It's like a work of art. I can't explain it. it. Just watch it. So good. It's like the uh, the Ralph Wiggum, like you can pinpoint the exact <laughs> moment when his heart breaks in two. Yeah, he's reading it's so the good. Right, team. Wes, and then it's slowly. It's like. Uh, Hello, darkness, my old friend. I feel like that scene off Father Ted, you know, where he puts radio in on and his slight smile goes like... Uh, yeah, that that was fantastic. But yeah, the only way is presumably up. We're not actually in the bottom three in the first first table, I don't think, are we? Oh, no, we're not, no. I yeah. mean, like I say, I, it's going to be such an ass to keep us up, even if all these players are fantastic, because as I said, building a team as you go is going to be different. I remember I was trying to do it in, in a way, under Blackwell that second season, when we got all the low and easy, mm-hmm. uh, not the playoff season, the the one the season after we finished mid table. And I remember him complaining all the time, saying you can't build a team while everyone's you know coming in on loan for a month, and then going out and stuff like that. Yeah, you do need it to build a team, and I, I do worry again that people are just going to expect throw Suzer in, throw Imer in, throw this in, and it's all going to be brilliant. They need yeah. to gel. They're trying to gel in the most unforgiving league in the world, and it's brutal. So. Yeah. I'm not expecting too much, but I'm, I am looking longer term. And the Hamer signing and the Davies signing is definitely a step in, in the right direction for me. Yeah, I think so. Uh, I don't know if I told you this, I because I didn't get the chance to uh, see after the match, but I saw someone wearing a Marseille shirt on the cop. You did sell me this, yeah. yeah. I mean, well, that uh, one out. <laughs> I thought that was I, a good idea. <laughs> I just, I don't know. Is it like some sort of, I don't know, ironic... Remember, like when um, I don't know what I'm talking about. This Oasis and Blur 
in uh, 95 and Blur obviously won the, the, the battle of the bands and Alex James wore an Oasis top on, <laughs> on top of the pops. So I don't know if it applies to something like that. Right? Yeah, maybe. Uh, knocked out the Champions League last night, old, uh, old Marseille. Although back. probably lost us one, eh? Because I imagine there was some Champions League... Uh, they better not be. We, we've been oh, right boneheaded if that's the case. Like, come on, that's... that's... I, I mean, look, don't rule it out, but that would be a that would be a bonehead clause to basically stake a significant chunk of a transfer on them winning a, a, yeah. a two-legged game. Um, yeah, yeah, they're already. Can, can we get him but... back? Can we sign him back now? You know, use the burger money to sign and jay on like a you know fifteen million three-year contract or something like that. Why genius not? Genius move. That's a yeah. genius move. If we did that, I'd say everything I've criticised the Prince about this preseason, I'm taking it back and saying you are you shouldn't be in football. You should be running the world. With that. <laughs> that's, that's a genius move but unfortunately it's not going to happen <laughs> no it's probably not um, final bit of uh, news Billy Sharp signs yeah. for LA Galaxy of the MLS Beautiful. which is uh, I mean from my point of view I'm delighted to see that like you know mm. go, go live in LA for a few months Billy or beyond and hopefully bang in a few goals you know um, I, I, I'm sure he'll be able to make a success of it there on the pitch. And uh, yeah. great news for uh, Noah from the Red Arthur Sheffield Excellent. podcast as well, because he's, yeah. uh, his two great loves, or, you know, outside of his missus, I suppose, uh, his two great sporting loves <laughs> have come together, Sheffield United and uh, LA Galaxy, which he is also a fan and goes to games as well. So I think he's I think he's going on Sunday, isn't he, to their, their next game, which maybe Sharp will be Yeah, playing, so. I've seen him actually. I don't, I don't, I'm not on Reddit or anything, but... I was just looking at what their fans were saying about him coming in and they were like, oh, who's this guy? And I saw Noah, which is obviously Noah. Hey, guys, I'm a Sheffield United fan as well. This guy's a, fan. He's, he's a genius. He's brilliant. <laughs> I'm like, that's Noah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Get yourself, uh, get yourself an Elite Galaxy Sharp shirt. Um, just pointing this out, though, the MLS, because their season's midway through at the moment. I think they play like 20-odd games. Um, They're doing pretty sharply at Galaxy at the moment. You are Sorry. They're not doing very well, are they, at Marmont Galaxy? They're not. They have a, an outside shot of the playoffs, um, according to Noah. Um, now, the, so MLS works like uh, every other American sport where you have a league season and then you have like a protracted playoffs for like the mm. grand prize, if you like. Yeah. MLS playoffs finish in December. Is there a situation where Billy Sharp oh, <laughs> <laughs> gets fit, bangs in a load of goals in MLS? Comes back here on a free transfer when his contract expires at the end of this I, season. I hope that doesn't happen, and that's nothing against Billy because it'll mean that we're not absolutely desperate. <laughs> <laughs> that is that is fair enough. I just wanted to put it out there, you know. Just uh, I'd take him back tomorrow good. if he could play against Forest. Yeah, bring the man back. But yeah, I'm hoping by December um, we've got. <laughs> yeah, we're in a bit of a, a better situation than we were last Saturday. You'd hope so, wouldn't you? All right, mate. We'll uh, we'll we'll draw a line under Palace. We've got Forest next on Friday, which is not televised. I think it's been moved because of the hundred. The yeah, and Issue TV. I've opened the out of it. Issue TV, but they haven't other. That's there's literally going to be no legal way to watch this game. There is no legal way to watch this. You are forcing me to break the law. <laughs> yep, I'm, I'm saying nothing. Um, yeah. Hopefully, uh, a more inspiring team. Hopefully, a bit more creativity in that team mm. and. Uh, Ideally, a first point or three, but it's it's going to be tough. I'm I'm already sort yeah, of ticking my mind forward to that Everton game. To be honest, I mean, look, Man City dropped points. How many times did Man City dropped points last season? Do you reckon ten? I know they lost four. Didn't Something they? like that. Yeah. 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 So there happens. were some strange results. You know, we beat Man United away. So yeah, we did. Yeah. It, it was ten ten games that dropped points. So one in four games last season, Man City dropped points. So 
It happens. I mean, Forrest drew with them, didn't they, at home? I think mm, yeah, Forrest drew with them. And Forrest beat Liverpool at home last season as well. So, they did. you know, it's a it's funny not... old game, as uh, <laughs> Jimmy Greaves used to say. Yeah, so it's not, <laughs> that game's not a total, total, total write-off. But, uh, you know, we, we just got, you know, pretty easily brushed aside by um, City with a much stronger Sheffield United team back in April or whenever it was. So, uh, yeah, I'm not... Hope's not super high in that one. But, yeah, let's hopefully we can get some out of Forest, mate. Um, plug plug your stuff. You've, you've been busy, B, haven't you? Yeah, I've obviously got a couple of player view from Hamer since you last spoke. Brilliant view from Tom Davis. Not not quite as good. <laughs> but I weren't expecting it. Like I say, people read... I mean, someone had a go at me saying, oh, yeah, we should be listening to you. It's like, they're not my comments, you idiot. <laughs> <laughs> I made them up. Um, yeah, the, the, the stuff with Tom Davis, I, I don't know much you can read into it simply because he's Everton and they've been an absolute basket case for yeah. 10 years or so um, and yeah and I'll have the pre-match view from Forrest probably out tomorrow and it's, it's as spicy as you can imagine um, unfortunately this is the worst thing in it I'd love to be playing him in December rather than on Friday um, yeah we've got an episode of Madely Out Games Master um, and that, that, that came out yesterday and we should have another one out on Saturday about David Bowie or oh, Bowie nice. Say it, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I listened to uh, the Games Master episode this morning and very, very much enjoyed it indeed. Very, uh, I was glad you got the you brought up that fella Dave Perry. Dave Perry, brilliant, absolutely losing his mind. <laughs> One of my favorite clips in TV history, I think. Like. I mean, I, I remember it before, but it's only when we put it into the thing, I was like, oh, this is brilliant. <laughs> it's, it's Dominic Diamond's like. Just twisting the knife. Yeah. <laughs> With oh, every you're comment. a journalist, aren't you? Like, <laughs> yeah. like, so you haven't brilliant. got a book coming out about video games? Weird <laughs> uh, thing, if you don't listen to the midweek, mainly, a guy who listens called Nav. Um, <laughs> this is such a bizarre thing. He's, he says he was listening to the Brian McClare podcast, which I found funny anyway. <laughs> and he interviews Dominic Diamond in that about Games Master. Can you, that's such a bizarre... That's a great match. Brian McClare interviewing Dominic Diamond about Games it's like the Alan Partridge meme where he's laid on the bed with. Yeah, I'm gonna listen to that as well. <laughs> <laughs> Super. <laughs> yeah. um... <laughs> Idea for a show, Brian. You're in all TV presenters. <laughs> <laughs> so that's Roy's view from .com and living with Maidley. Um, I've wrote another thing for. Um, What's BBC... that today? What's that? Sorry. Is that out today? Uh, the BBC Sport thing. Yeah. I think it comes out every Tuesday, so it was on, it was live uh, yesterday. I, 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 oh, I've not seen it. I don't know if I'm being stupid, but I haven't figured out a way to do a direct link to the um, uh, actual article yet. But if you just go to the BBC Sport website and click on Sheffield United and go to the, the hub page, it's on there. I wrote some words about why Hamer should be a good signing. Um, mm. So, yeah, have a have a look at that if uh, if you're so inclined. Um, but, yeah, other than that, mate, I think that's everything. We'll, uh, we'll catch up after that Forest game. Let's mm. uh, yeah. Let's hope we're in we're in a better mood than the last time we went to the city ground. Certainly, take that result, mate. Two one. Oh yeah, absolutely. Sign yeah. up for some of that. Right. Thank you very much for your time, pal. Do appreciate it. And uh, yeah, I'll speak to you soon. Yeah. Thanks a lot, mate. Cheers.